You listen to me. You're Nick fucking Woo Cage! Welcome to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. My name is Rob Humphrey and I am joined as always by Cat Valor. Cat, how are you? Doing good. How are you? I am good. I am good. I am ready to talk about Honeymoon in Vegas. I can't wait to get into this one. I'm, I'm curious. I'm excited. I'm curious about your thoughts. Uh, we will get there in a minute, though. Uh, there's a little bit of Nick Cage news, not a lot. Um, he's in a movie coming out called The Retirement Plan. Um, I'm not sure when it comes out. But uh, it does apparently feature an intense combat scene between Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman. I'm in. I'm yes. a thousand percent in. <laughs> it sounds I like mean, you said Nick Cage. I was going to watch it anyway, but... <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, that, uh, I mean, that sounds like everything I want. Nicholas yeah. Cage, Ron Perlman, over-the-top combat, I'm in. Um, now, in other Nick Cage news, he's apparently in a movie called Butcher's Crossing, and the trailer has been released. It's a Western drama is how it's being described. I have not watched the trailer yet, so I don't know what exactly it's about or anything else, but uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, the Entertainment Weekly article or blurb about it does say Nicolas Cage goes west and may be insane. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I I'm feel in. Like if, uh, I feel like if you have to say that about Nick Cage, then <laughs> <laughs> like he's really done something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see what that one's all about uh, before too long, it seems like. And uh, the final piece of uh, Nick Cage news that I saw this week, apparently uh, Tim Burton is... Uh, well, he's he's uh, a little bit upset about the cameo of Nicolas Cage as Superman in The Flash. He says he's in quiet revolt against all of it. I have seen that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, of course, he was supposed to direct the famed uh, Nicolas Cage Superman movie that never happened. Uh, so I guess he's he's a little hurt by that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I have not seen The Flash, so I have not seen the cameo. I've heard that it uh, you'll miss it if you blink. <laughs> and uh, I just have not taken time to to watch it because it's it takes a lot for me to watch a superhero movie these days. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm not going to lie though. I fell pretty deep down the um, Tim Burton thread with that. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people got really mad, and I think so. He said, "I don't know how much of the interview you read." Um, I, I literally read the headline that I just read to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got kind of deep into that because it was it was one of those really fascinating fascinating things where I saw the backlash first, and then I had to go kind of diving to see like what was and was not said because it kept getting more and more exaggerated. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was kind of a wild scenario because he I, I think it was genuinely like Tim Burton's comments were coming from a place of uh, like frustration that was valid. But his word choice was so bad it was such a poor <laughs> word choice where it's like even though you want to see where he's coming from uh, he did talk about uh appropriation in that uh mm -hmm. he felt like his nick cage's superman idea had been appropriated and then there was a lot of backlash because um tim burton as a director 
<laughs> has gotten into some hot water for his appropriation of other more serious things than a superhero movie that he did not actually adapt. <laughs> so right. uh, it, it turned into kind of a Twitter thread. But uh, yeah, I was glad to see because I will say there was a moment where I saw um, they had like the cameo still on the uh, like being used to promote the drama thread about mm -hmm. this and i was like there is that heart dropping moment where it's like what has nick cage done not nick cage <laughs> you know but it was tim burton and yeah um and i don't think he meant anything malicious either i think he's just kind of an idiot <laughs> mm -hmm. just poor choice of words maybe yeah <laughs> um there's a documentary about that movie um, that never was that's actually really interesting and, and a lot of fun to watch they they talk to kevin smith a lot because he has he was hired to write the script um and it's uh it's it's a pretty in entertaining story uh to see how the whole thing unraveled and everything i can't remember the name of it though all right are we ready to get into honeymoon in vegas i'm ready to get into honeymoon in vegas jack if i go i want you to make me a promise that you'll always love me. Of course, Mom. And you'll never get married. I need a commitment. I want to be married. I can't walk out. Jack Singer has made his decision. Let's just do it. Get on a plane, go to Vegas, and do it. Now. Jack is going to get married. You're serious? I must be. My legs are paralyzed. But a funny thing happened on the way to the wedding. Sorry, man. Straight flush to the Jack. The queen. Wise men say. Yo, Tommy Coleman, $65,000. Only fools rush in. Eddie, do you have a solution? I do. I want your girlfriend for the weekend. You brought me to Las Vegas and you turned me into a hooker, Jack? I'll be a perfect gentleman. He's taking me to Hawaii. No! No! I feel my temperature. So, Corman's address is near Kapa'a'a. Is it Kapa'a'a or Kapa'a'a? If you want to leave, believe me, I understand. Is it A-A-A or A-A? It's just a little overwhelming, you know, to be pursued like this. What about near where Don Ho or Jack Lord lives? That must be a pretty good neighborhood. Why the women, when they come here, oh, they get crazy. They like freaky freaky all night long. No one ever was as crazy about you as I am. Well, that's just so wonderful to hear. Let's just fly to Vegas and get married and go on with our lives. Just get me anywhere where I can get a connecting flight to Las Vegas. Las Vegas, anybody? Come on, hop aboard. We're the flying elves of Utah, Captain. The king may be dead, but Jack Singer's not far behind. Listen, if you could just drop me. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll sure drop you. Honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> Honeymoon in Vegas came out August 28th, 1992. Um, it had a budget of $25 million. It, uh, its box office take was $35 million. Uh, stars Nicolas Cage, James Caan, Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, it is the first movie in what Nicolas Cage calls his Sunshine Trilogy. Um, these are all sort of... Um, I, I haven't seen the other two, but I, my assumption, or, or from what I understand, they're kind of lighter uh comedies uh which certainly fits the bill for honeymoon in vegas what do you think of nicholas cage in this movie i thought nicholas cage did a great job in this movie um it's not necessarily as wild as i like to see nicholas cage be like he didn't hit those highs but 
this was a very Nicolas Cage role, and I like how often it was over the top. Like, he yes. had a lot of opportunities to not go full meltdown, but just to be very exaggerated and active, and I, I like that. Yeah, his um his comedic acting in this movie is spot on. I mean, he yeah. he could have done this movie and played it as just the the straight man the whole time. He could have. Um <laughs> but instead he elevates it by uh throwing in these sort of uh over the top sort of almost exasperated moments in the movie that he really <laughs> yes. plays up and are absolutely hilarious. Uh especially once he gets to Hawaii. Once he hit yes. the, once he hit Hawaii, I felt like everything was sort of elevated, not only for the movie but for Nicolas Cage also, um, because he's just so frustrated and he's he's tired of dealing with this, and now he's got Peter Boyle as the chief or whatever <laughs> going on about nonsense. It's just it, it's so funny to me, um, and Nicolas Cage really elevates the entire movie at that point. Yeah, he was he was very over the top and exaggerated, like during certain points all the way through but you're right once they hit hawaii we start seeing some just um just completely over the top nonsense from him and yeah. every like I, and you use the word exasperated which i think was really good because he's just so over the top like you see his whole body rise before he slumps over <laughs> and he's got that like kind of uh raspy like breathy i'm frustratedly exhaling quality to his voice yeah with most of the lines like it's he does a great job yeah um yeah i had seen this movie before i, I we talked about it um the on the last episode that i i actually owned this from pizza hut yeah um, and i looked this up and it was indeed pizza hut who gave away dvd copies of this um Along with, uh, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up real fast to see, because you could choose between a few movies um, that they had. And I wanted to see what the other choices were, but now I can't find it. Oh, wait. They had Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Mr. Mom, or Honeymoon in Vegas, it looks like. So you made the right call. Also, why don't pizza places do that with, like, so I'm not a huge fan of, like, the digital ownership for mm -hmm. movies just like i don't like paying money for that but if that were a promotion at a pizza place i would get pizza there every week like yeah. that would be my new pizza place why are we why why are they not doing that yeah. oh it <laughs> looks like um all dogs go to heaven too was also a choice oh <laughs> yeah uh but i Yikes. went with honeymoon in vegas and um but i i did enjoy this movie i also mentioned i'd seen it several times at the second run theater near my uh near my house uh that uh, was like a dollar fifty a ticket or whatever i think i saw it three maybe even four times there because my we would just go and see whatever you know like whatever yeah. the next thing that's starting because it's a dollar fifty who cares um and uh so i but it had been I don't even know how many years since I, I watched it. And I remember uh, thinking it was it was entertaining enough, like it was, you know, just kind of a lighthearted comedy, uh, which it is. But I laughed out loud at this movie more times than I expected. Um, it's, it's really much funnier than I remembered it being. And Nicolas Cage is a huge part of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, the one thing that I will say uh, as we move from his performance into my thoughts about the movie, mm -hmm. uh, I had kind of a roller coaster in the beginning of this film because I, I wasn't I had never seen it before. I wasn't sure where I stood with it. 
Um, I'm not always a huge fan of Sarah Jessica Parker. And I (laughs) had forgotten she was in this until I sat down to watch it. And then, and it was kind of weird. I find her very annoying in a lot of the roles that she has. So it was one of those things, which I don't think is her fault. I think she's a good actress. I think she just plays characters that are annoying very well Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that has lowered my opinion of her in movies and it's uh so i was like i was watching this and at first she felt very down to earth and i was kind of impressed because i've never seen her in a role where she's just like a nice person um a believable human being <laughs> like right. I, I was kind of impressed with her but then like as we got toward the end once we got to hawaii and uh you know the plot really starts to escalate which is crazy because the plot was already very strange and then it's like <laughs> it's really ramping up at the end i do wish we had seen her match his energy some like mm-hmm. that's what i'm used to seeing from her is like arguably too energetic of a character and I, and I would have loved to see some of that in this toward the end so um, i was trying to think of what else i'd seen sarah jessica parker in um and nothing is leaping to mind one of the notes i took was uh, i don't know if sarah jessica parker is a good actress or not uh, i know that people like her from sex in the city i've never seen sex in the city because it feels like something that would not appeal to me at all yeah it's um, not great uh, that's what I know her from. That was one of those shows that just like was on a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like I caught episodes of it. Uh, that's probably what I know her best from. Also, Hocus Pocus. She was in Hocus Pocus. So yeah, I've never watched that. I know her from that. Um, she plays the really high energy, annoying, <laughs> kind of brain dead sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it irritates me. according to her filmography she's also in footloose which i do not remember her being in um but it's a movie that i i I do really like it's ridiculous um she's in ed wood uh which i have i have seen and liked but it was a long time ago i haven't seen that movie in a long time so i don't remember her in that and she's in mars attacks which i kind of vaguely remember now that i see that she was in that movie but i feel like that movie's such a weird you know, sort of heightened film anyway, that it gives me no idea of whether she's a good actress or not. Um, There is one point in the movie where she is absolutely hilarious, though, and that is towards the beginning of the movie when she's yelling about how he brought her to Vegas and turned her into a whore. And she just keeps yelling (laughs) that over and over again. It is so funny. Um. And I thought, well, she might be the best part of this movie. Now, Nicolas Cage <laughs> ramps up once uh, once she gets to Hawaii later. And it's also a movie that features James Caan. So, you know, I'm never going to complain about that. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I was a little I was a little torn on her. And and also, I will say the script in this movie doesn't do her any favors. It doesn't, no. Because she does, as you said, turn from what seems like a normal sort of level-headed person into a woman who is just going to marry someone and it doesn't matter who yes um which again i think i i think she could have played it up i think she could have maybe gotten a little bit more if she had matched that exasperated like i'm done with this energy i think it would have really balanced out the end of the movie and and made her character seem more comedic if not you know more sensible 
Um, so yeah. that was a performance choice that I was not really, especially because I, as we talked about, uh, I know her from Sex and the City. Carrie Bradshaw is like that all the time. Total drama queen. Uh, this is what I'm used to seeing from Sarah Jessica Parker. Where <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't want to take me to Paris, so I'm going to like uh, kick you out of the apartment and <laughs> write about you online and rally my friends and make a big deal about it for a whole season. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like she just she was very over the top. Right. Uh, and I would have loved to see some of that energy here as Nicolas Cage is being like crazy and. Um, <laughs> yeah jumping out of an airplane dressed as elvis and everything yeah um, and um like it, having an escape scene from the captain <laughs> like <laughs> um he uh he really does some interesting things in this movie that that is that is for sure it really does um at the beginning his character is kind of bland um but it doesn't stay that way for for long that's that's for sure and I do feel like with her, her character is that more grounded sort of almost straight man sort of character to everything that's going on around her. But that changes to where, again, it's just like she's going to get married and it doesn't matter which one of these men to her she really marries. She's just going to get married, which is just a weird choice because it takes her out of that role as sort of like the one grounded character in the movie. Yeah. But she, in her performance, doesn't play it up enough to really make it funny like you were saying. It is odd. It was kind of an odd choice, but um, as you were saying with Nicolas Cage doing some really odd things in this movie, I think if you just wrote down his perspective, like all of the things that he gets to do in this movie, this might be the most Nicolas Cage movie we've seen up until this point. It might be. <laughs> Uh, yeah. There are there's the poker game. He's a private investigator, and that's just like not part of the movie, which I love as a choice because uh, mm -hmm. they set it up like that's going to be a premise to this, and then it's just kind of unrelated. It just happens to be what he does. Um, he has like weird dreams about his mom being naked yes and that's also it like it's a running joke but it really is kind of glossed over how damaged this man is uh he doesn't have the money to uh, like gamble but he does anyway he doesn't have the money to get out of his like sudden onset gambling debt uh but he does have the money to just take off work and fly around everywhere <laughs> on short notice <laughs> over a couple of days which might be more about like what time this movie was made in but True. that was unbelievable <laughs> it was like <laughs> this guy's just made out of money like <laughs> he can't pay off his gambling debt but he can drop everything at the last minute and fly to hawaii all right he might have spent more money on this than the super wealthy guy <laughs> did honestly <laughs> at this point um it's got like Elvis skydiving yeah. it, it just I feel like it had a little bit of everything there's a jail scene um I just I I don't know what more I could have wanted from a Nick Cage movie yeah honestly. there's a lot of it in here now, I I honestly think he was sold on this script by the Elvis skydiving thing stuff. he yeah. got to he got to dress up as Elvis uh and I think he was like yeah I'm in all right um so yeah it's a uh, it's a great cast. There's there's a lot of great people in this movie, and we mentioned James Caan. He's in this movie. He's just sort of being James Caan, um, mm. what you would expect from him. But he does it really well. Uh, I don't have there's no notes on his performance. He's great. 
Tony Shaloub is here. Tony Shaloub is here. I wish we would have gotten a little more Tony Shaloub. I always love seeing him, but you know, it was a small role, but it was nice to see him. Yeah. Um, Pat Morita is in this movie as a cab driver. Um, another small role, but very excited to see him. Peter Boyle shows up as a, a weird character that I'm not sure exactly what he was, but he was very funny in that role. Um, again, very short. And for some reason, in a really odd, and I had to I had to pause the movie and Google this to make sure it was him. UNLV at the time, he would have been the UNLV head basketball coach, Jerry Tarkanian shows up in this movie at the poker game and i have no idea why okay, it's not I really not mentioned he's that. just there all right <laughs> yeah I, I was like i was like is that tark really <laughs> um so yeah um, he's he's in the movie in the poker game and uh it's not really again it's a weird like sort of thing because he makes this cameo appearance but it's not like they're calling him coach or anything he's just there <laughs> Uh, the other one that really got me, this unlocked like some core memory from my childhood when I saw this. Ben Stein was there, and I remember yes. growing up in the 90s, that was just the thing that I expected from movies. Like, that was how I thought movies were made, was just with like a random Ben Stein cameo. And I had mm -hmm. completely forgotten about it until sitting down to watch this, and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> like it made me feel like I was a kid again. It yeah, was and weird. That might be where you start to see the unraveling of Nicolas Cage's mindset in the movie. Yes. While he's waiting in line and Ben Stein is trying to order a ticket for a flight that's, you know, weeks away. Um, and not only does it perfectly scene. capture the energy of being in an airport, but it also really sets the tone for the movie because everyone's just cheering him on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's going off and it's like, okay, that's uh, I need to be excited about this meltdown for the rest of this movie. <laughs> I do. I kind of feel like that captures the energy of having to deal with Ben Stein. That that might very well be true. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also, can we talk about this real quick? I pulled up the IMDb thing, um, and in the credits, they have Bruno Mars as little Elvis. Okay. Which I had not realized until just now. No, but I see it. I I totally see it. And now mm -hmm. that I have seen it, it's like, how did I not catch that immediately? Yes. Uh, but that's wild to me. Under him is Black Elvis in the credits. Mm -hmm. Under him is Oriental Elvis. Mm -hmm. And then there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine other Elvis impersonators <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> this is the best credits list i've ever seen yeah there there are a ton of elvis impersonators <laughs> in this movie um so many. it would make you think if you'd never been to vegas that that's all there is in las vegas is just people dressed like elvis <laughs> oh and um burton gilliam is also credited higher up as roy bacon slash elvis impersonator yes, <laughs> so. yes well roy bacon he was the head of the utah chapter of the elvis impersonators yes. <laughs> union or whatever the hell that was <laughs> Which, speaking of which, is that, um, you've been to Vegas, how accurate is this, to the, how many skydiving Elvis performances have you seen? Okay, so, uh, actually, I, ha I have never been to Vegas. Oh, okay. Um, I have had, um, um, I would say at least three trips to Vegas in my life planned that have all fallen through. Um, so I've actually never made the trip. 
I'm guessing I've had several layovers in Vegas and I've seen no Elvis impersonators. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing um based on uh, what I do know about Vegas and and having <laughs> lived in a casino town that uh, there probably uh, are zero skydiving Vegas <laughs> Elvis uh, performances but uh, you know what if there was one that might be a reason for me to try and book that fourth trip out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah this uh the whole movie overall, though, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, it captures sort of that weird stereotypical Vegas thing that's going on, right? There's, there's, uh, we see a scene where she's yelling about being a whore is at like an arcade full of children, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which is very funny. But you do see that it, in the 90s, Vegas wasn't completely for families yet. It's like it, I, my understanding, again, I've never been there, but my understanding is now. You can take your kids to Vegas and have a great time. It's almost like going to some sort of theme park or something and, <laughs> you know, not even, you know, go into a casino or whatever. Because, um, you know, they have roller coasters inside buildings and shit over there now. <laughs> um, but I do feel like in the 90s that it was starting to kind of make that turn. So there's we see that part of it. We see the, you know, the fun sort of uh, uh, Vegas uh, Elvis impersonator shows. We see um, uh, also those sort of the mob side with James Kahn's character and, uh, you know, Tony Shalhoub having to kick the president. What was it? The president of Brazil or whatever yeah. <laughs> out of the suite so that James Kahn can have the, the suite that he always wants. Um, it's, it's just a it's a it was kind of a fun movie. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, I did notice, though, the plot is very similar to the film Indecent Proposal starring Woody Harrelson. And um, Demi Moore, I believe, is the uh, the female lead in that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, which came out a year later. Have you seen Indecent Proposal? I don't think I've seen Indecent Proposal all the way through. Um, okay. I've seen, I, I, I know what it's about. Um, and I was going to ask you about that because it does feel similar. <laughs> yes, it's very similar. Um, I don't remember it being this funny. It is not funny. That's the I, thing. What, okay, what they did I was going was, to ask. <laughs> yeah, so so in, in Indecent Proposal, um, so here's the deal. Now, I'm looking this up now. Uh, okay. This is happening in real time as we record. <laughs> I'm looking up Indecent Proposal. So Indecent Proposal did come out a year later. It does star Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore along with Robert Redford. Um, Robert Redford sees them at a casino, uh, Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore. And he offers them a million dollars if he can spend a, one night with Demi Moore. Um, so it does seem to run along the same plot in that sense, but it's not a comedy. It's very much like a drama and it tears their marriage apart and it's awful for them. And a lot of sadness ensues. It is, however, based on a 1988 novel. Okay. So... Did Honeymoon in Vegas steal that plot and make it funny from the novel? I don't know. That does seem like something. <laughs> like, there's just this novel, and then two people, two different directors read it, and one's like, this is hilarious. <laughs> I'm putting Nick Cage in this. <laughs> and the other one's a big Robert Redford fan, and is like, oh, we can make this sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I will say this for Indecent Proposal, it made a lot more money. It had a $38 million budget, and it made $266.6 million. Wow. Um, it was a huge hit. 
Uh, but I, I was wondering about that, and I did not know about the novel, so I thought they had just stolen that plot from here. Um, I was going no. to ask you about that, because i it's one of those things, they talk about it in, I see it in sitcoms sometimes, and they always refer to it as, like, the indecent proposal thing. And, yes. and I kind of remember parts of the movie, I, I knew it was a bigger deal, and then I was going to ask you about it, because this does feel in that way very similar. And I, I figured they would have come out around the same time. That's interesting, this one came out first. Yeah. Yeah, it um yeah, indecent proposal was a huge huge like sort of one of those weird cultural phenomenons that sort of happens where even people who didn't see the movie knew what it was about, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, I remember seeing that too in like sitcoms and stuff they would make reference to it or whatever uh every once in a while. Um all right, I I'm kind of uh run out of things to say about honeymoon in Vegas unless you have more cat uh, I don't have a lot more. The last thing that I even really have is I found two more Elvis impersonators who were uncredited at the bottom of this list. Okay. <laughs> um, they're just, they're piling up. Uh, no, I really, I was surprised at how much I liked this one, though. Yeah, it's I, weird because I feel like I don't, I, it's easier to talk about these when I do have complaints. Mm -hmm. um, this one was a ton of fun. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I, there were a couple things that I would have liked to have seen, uh, but overall, this is what I want out of a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> like I was yeah. really impressed. I'm not mad that I had to buy a copy. I was mad when I had to buy it, but now sure. I'm glad that I have it. Yeah, this one for it's a, this is a weird movie to not be streaming anywhere. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you, I don't <laughs> understand that at all. Because this um, feels like a big one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big enough movie that I think people have heard of. But not such a huge runaway hit, you know. It's it's yeah. just really it's really an odd one to not be on a streaming service. But for whatever reason, it currently is not. Uh, you have to purchase it. Um, I will say this too: uh, when it comes to talking about these movies, I think that um, it's it's harder to talk. I really did like this movie a lot, and I thought it was really funny. It's not a movie with a lot of meat on the bone that you can really break down and talk about, no. though. You know what I mean? Like, like when you. If you're listening to the show, if you're a big Nicolas Cage fan, which I assume is why you listen to the show, shouldn't everyone be, mm -hmm. um, and you're trying to get, you know, a friend into, into Nicolas Cage movies, like, this is a great introduction film, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got a lot of him. It's fun to watch. Uh, I can imagine it being fun in a group, you know, lighthearted. He's doing his thing. Y you get a lot of Nicolas Cage action in this. Like, it's it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um so let's uh then I guess move into the bees for honeymoon in Vegas. Okay. What what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Uh, we do two scores. We give each movie a Nicolas Cage score, which is not only a score based uh on Nicolas Cage's performance, but the film's use of Nicolas Cage. And also then a score for the film overall. Kat, what do you give Honeymoon in Vegas for a Nicolas Cage score? I give Honeymoon in Vegas an 8.5. Um, there were a couple things that I... There were a couple areas I think the movie could have given him a little bit more to do. But every time he was on screen, it was phenomenal. Uh, he eases you in to what ends up being a very over-the-top performance. It was great. Um, I'm sad he didn't get to do any Elvis singing. Yes. <laughs> Like, that was my one big, I think the movie should have let him 
sing some Elvis. Right, uh, in some way. I know it feels like kind of a silly complaint, but just we found movies um, that, where he really has no business singing like Elvis and has managed to anyway. And this one just <laughs> had such a good setup for it that I was kind of let down, especially when he's like wearing the Elvis suit at the end. Like mm -hmm. I just, I wanted that. The setup was there. It didn't give that to me. But Nicolas Cage did a great job. Yes, he certainly did. Um, I, I'm right there in line with you. I, I gave this one an eight. Uh, his performance, I think, is I think he's very good in the movie. I think the movie uh, gives him enough freedom to do some of the things that he wants to do um, without him completely going off the rails and, and ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I and I think that uh, it's it's perfectly suited for him. I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed um, him in this movie uh, all throughout. Um, what do you give Honeymoon in Vegas as a movie? Uh, so as a movie, I was hovering uh, like right between seven and seven point five. I ended up giving it the seven point five. I laughed. I had a really good time with it. I critically, I am not sure that it has quite earned the seven point five, but I I had a tough time being mad. You know, like it's sure. just it's good, solid fun. Yeah. Um. Once again, I, I'm real close to you on this one. I I gave the movie a seven. Um. I think that. This is uh it's it's a it's very good at what it's doing. Um it's not asking a lot of you as a viewer. No. Um when you turn this movie on, you know exactly what this movie is and you know exactly how it's going to end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh but the journey getting there is a, is just a lot of fun. Like it's never boring. Nope. It's uh there's always something interesting to look at, something fun happening on screen. Um you know, the cast alone is, is, you know, just, it was exciting for me just pointing at the screen like that Leo meme and just being like, <laughs> you know, oh my God, it's Mr. Miyagi, you know, all that shit. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun, uh, watching honeymoon in Vegas and, uh, I can't, uh, this is one I'll revisit. I, I imagine quite a bit because it is an easy watch. Um, and you so have yeah. a copy now. <laughs> so. Yes. Uh, so it gets a, uh, it gets a seven overall from me. Um, that is, uh, the episode for Honeymoon in Vegas. Now, next week, we are going to be talking about a 1993 movie uh, called Amos and Andrew. Have you seen Amos and Andrew? I have not. I have not either. Um, I will say that um. Um, <laughs> I have not heard good things about Amos and Andrew. Um, yeah, I'm just now reading the synopsis for the first time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Um, right. I've not heard, like I said, I've not heard good things about it, but I haven't seen it. So we'll see. I mean, part of me th is dreading watching it because of, I've heard that it's a very bad movie, but at the same time, I'm like, how bad can a movie that stars Nicolas Cage and Samuel L. Jackson be? Yeah, that sounds, it sounds like it should be good. I also want to point out it only has a 0.1 lower rating than Honeymoon in Vegas. So okay. there's that. Yeah. I don't know if we trust IMDb scores at all. Uh, but, no, that know. that is those are a bit shaky. But yeah, it also <laughs> has uh, Brad Dourif in it. This is going to be good. Yeah, maybe. Dabney Coleman. It's going to be interesting. I think is maybe the word that I meant to use. Yeah, I'm Dabney Coleman, uh, dead or alive? I I don't know. He's still alive. Nice. He's ninety-one years old. Wow. Yeah. Right, good for him. Being yeah. alive and all. 
<laughs> I like him actually. He's he's a fun presence on on screen. So um, I, I I'm kind of looking forward to to Amos and Andrew, but we'll we'll see how that goes, and we'll talk about it next week here on the Nick Fucking Woo Cage Cast. Oh. Um, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Radio Rob One Two Three. You can listen to the other show that Cat and I do together, Slasher Radio. It's all about horror movies. Cat, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cat underscore velour. You can find me on the social medias coming to replace that at cat velour. Uh, check out my website, catvelour.com. Look at my books. They're all on there. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll be back next week to talk about Amos and Andrew on the Nick fucking Woo Cagecast. <laughs>